Unstoppable Success Radio, episode 194. I'm Kelly Roach, and you are listening to Unstoppable Success Radio, the podcast for achievers, believers, dreamers, and doers who want to build a profitable, sustainable business around a life of purpose, fulfillment, freedom, and family. Now let's get down to business. Welcome to Unstoppable Success Radio. I am your host, Kelly Roach, and I am thrilled to be back here today with Brad Zales. Brad, welcome to the show. Kelly, thank you so much for having me. Super pumped to have you here. So I'm going to share a little bit about you with our listeners, and then you can fill in any gaps before we get started. Sure. TEDx speaker and web pioneer Brad Zales helps businesses and organizations to dominate their industry by tapping into the treasure of a cross-generational workforce. His international best-selling book, Liquid Leadership, he shares his journey from starting a business as an idea in a coffee shop to becoming a publicly traded company worth $26 million in just 24 short months. K2 Design Inc. became the first dot-com agency to go public on the NASDAQ. Today, Brad's workshops and keynotes have transformed a new generation of business leaders, helping them to maximize their cross-generational corporate culture, management expectations, productivity, and sales growth in the age of information. Brad, welcome to the show. Thank you. Wow, it's a long bio. I was like, who is that guy? Yeah. <laughs> I'm exhausted. Are we going to wrap it up now? I'm just kidding. Woo. So you have done a lot. You've been around the block. You've done all, all sorts of crazy, fun, awesome things in your business career. And now you're really helping people to understand, like, how to work with this new generation, right? Like, tell me a little bit more, like, in the everyday language what that looks like for you. Well, what it looks like for me is I'm preparing the next generation for leadership. And I know some of you who are listening, you're tearing your hair out over millennials. And some of you who are listening are going, yeah, I like this generation. They're a breath of fresh air. Uh, I like to go back in time because I'm a baby boomer. And everything that has transpired, we may not be aware of. And I was awakened to this during the dot-com boom of the 90s, Kelly. Um, I started this little company uh, K2 Design, as you mentioned, and we were bootstrapped, and we're in this little office with two Mac 2 CIs, and we're running around, we're trying to teach everybody how to, you know, use the internet, and a lot of people had no idea what the internet was. Well, all of a sudden, within 18 months, once we declared ourselves a, a, an internet company, an agency, um, we just exploded into hypergrowth. And remember back then, uh, banks would not give us a loan because they did not know what the internet was or if it was going to even be a stable place to work. It wasn't the internet that we know of today. And so we began to explode. And I realized as I was building my business, I also noticed that the people I was managing, even though I was a baby boomer, people who were three and seven and 10 years younger than me acted like they were from another planet. And, you know, a lot of people are complaining today about the millennials and Gen X and everything. We were experiencing it 20 years ago going, what is going on? So I had to change the way I managed people to get the very best out of my workforce because I couldn't pay them top dollar. So I learned uh, just by using the same management model we actually used in the graphic design and advertising industry, which is we're on a mission and you got to hit that deadline. And... What happened is the result of that, just shifting from hierarchy to results and deadline-driven management model, 
we grew 425% for five year, uh, straight years in a row. Uh, and this may blow some people's minds, but I learned that if you teach and, and manage a certain way with this younger generation, you will get explosive growth out of them. Oh my gosh, I couldn't agree more. And Brad, let me tell you, this is why I was so fired up to get you on the show today. And I want to kind of backpedal for a second so people understand why. So here's the deal, guys. You are entrepreneurs. You are small business owners, right? Without a team, you have no business. You own a job that is miserable, that you have to work in 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Most of you, just like me, just like Brad, are bootstrapping, right? Which means that you want to hire top talent, but most likely you can't afford to go out and pay someone $100,000 a year for that first couple you know, roles that you're hiring for. So what does that mean? It means that the best opportunity to build your business, I have five of them on my team right now, are kids that just graduated college and they're unbelievable. But Brad, what I'm hoping you can do for people today is demystify how to work with these people in a way that gets the best out of them because it's that misunderstanding that people think, you know, you hear all the time, they're lazy, they're this, they're that. It is so untrue. These kids are unbelievably smart. They're unbelievably tech savvy and they can transform your company for you if you know how to work with them. So Brad, break it down for us. Well, here's the number one thing you need to do. Boomers, remember when we were 25 years of age and our boss hung on our every word and listened to us and we were geniuses? You remember that? You probably don't because it never happened. When, when I was 25, my father said, you're not a man yet, you know, until you have a mortgage, uh, a minivan and two kids and you're exhausted every day, right? So now you have a new generation that came along and they've been influenced very differently. The paradigm has shifted. Now, I want everybody to understand this. When most of us went to college, we were working with old technology. And then we would enter the workforce. Unless you worked with MIT or, or uh, DuPont, when you enter the workforce, then you were working with the latest stuff. Well, right around 1984, all the colleges got inundated with the latest technology. So all that technological learning that a boomer had to go through for 16 to 20 years, this next generation enters the workforce already knowing it. Yes. They're ready to go. And here's the scary part. And I, I talked about this in my TED Talk, and it's only one part of this. They were taught business skills through these 21st century devices. From 1977 on, especially 1984, they were introduced to very robust computers that looked very much like video games. <laughs> they were visually driven video games, but they were learning how to manipulate digital information at hyper speed. And the other thing is the finally the Mac came into the household. The computer finally came into the home. So what these two devices did was this. The... Video game changed the way they behave, the brain structure. What it did is all of a sudden now, instead of having to read the directions on a box, you jump in and you make mistakes and you push against and you test and you learn everything intuitively. Everything peer to peer. They can't wait for a decision to be made from the top. It has to happen in real time. Ro uh, leadership is rotational in these uh, type of environments and you use people according to their skill set. Once you've stormed the castle, Killed the trolls, saved the princess, forget everything you just learned because the rules are about to change at the yes. next level. Yes. Does that sound like, does that behavior sound familiar? Yes, <laughs> that's like. it. Yes. Okay. Now, the second thing was the internet. Well, the internet 
gave them 21st century business tools because now they're working with a computer. They're learning to touch type. And most boomers remember having to take a class in touch typing. Millennials never took a class in it. They were born doing this. So they've been exposed to Word, Perfect, even Excel documents. My nephew, Sebastian, when he was like 10, 11 years old, he had to do one of my speaker videos. And he put a... Uh, a beginning credits, you know, with the music, and then he did the video, and then he did the end credits and the music, and then he apologized to me because it took him 10 minutes. I said, why are you apologizing? He goes, I just downloaded the, the software, Uncle Brad. I didn't really know it, so it only took me 10 minutes. I was like, are you kidding me? Right. <laughs> so they have business training already disguised within their childhood. So the number one thing I tell people to do is this. Do not look at a millennial like you were looked at when you were 25. Take them seriously. Number one, take their contributions seriously. These young people, if you ask them their opinion about how to run the business better, uh, they will be able to tell you something that's uh, amazing. And uh, here's a little secret, Kelly. <laughs> Millennials hate inefficiency. Yep. I, I yeah. love it. I, everything you're saying, I literally have goosebumps because this is exactly what I see from my team members in my coaching company. I mean, the, some of the best things that we implement every single week come from them coming to me and saying, hey, what about this? What about that? Have we tried this before? Did we look at that? And it's because I actually, you know, let go of my ego and say, oh my gosh, you're right. Yes, let's do that. And you're right. They do hate inefficiency and they're always looking for better ways to get that result faster. Oh, yeah. And their communication skills are a little bit different. Uh, they were raised by parents. The parenting changed right around 1977 into the 80s. And before that, my father was the high, at the top of the hierarchy and my mom, and it was a benevolent dictatorship, right? So by the, by the time the 80s and 90s rolled around, parents were having conversations conversations like this with their kids and, and you're gonna laugh when I say this but it's like hey Becky uh, should mommy and daddy get a divorce honey what do you think um, and you're gonna laugh at that right but these adult communication conversations started to become mainstream and so by the time they get into the corporate world what this did is it flattened the hierarchy inside the home and the second thing it did is once you went into the school they were told to talk to their teacher and treat and address her by her first name. So right. by the time by the time they entered the workforce, they don't see any problem with walking up to the CEO and saying hello. Right. Whereas a, yes. a boomer is petrified of that. A boomer knows their place in the hierarchy and would never dream of speaking to the CEO until they were in their 40s. So what this does is if you look at a millennial and even a Gen Xer with this attitude like, well, you're a kid, um, guess what? They're going to shut down. They're not going to help you. They're not going to give you their very best. Mm -hmm. And you want to get the very best out of them because in this day and age, you may not realize it, you might be planning to open a brick-and-mortar store, and that might be the worst decision on planet Earth because – as you know, most of our sales are going through the roof on smartphones now. Absolutely. And this is a generation that can build an app for you. Yep. 100%. So so let's kind of so how did you how did you determine that that you needed to really shift into helping people make this connection? Like, you know, obviously you learn th all these things through experience, but like walk me through a little bit of that journey for you, Brad. 
Well, because I had this dot-com company and we exploded and into hyper growth and I seemed to uh, be able to enter a room and, and any young person gravitates towards me. I don't know what it – actually, I do know what it is. I was a, a millennial disguised as a boomer right? for many years. <laughs> I love and, that. Yes. And, and here's what happened. But, you know, I got paddled and I got whooped and I got told off by my teachers. I got backhanded. And all I can say is finally the millennials showed up. You know, we took all the beatings. It isn't just me. There are a lot of us who have this ability. And uh, I'll never forget this. I had resigned from the board of directors at K2 and uh, I went on and did some other things. And a buddy of mine called me up and he was panicking. His name's Joel here in New York. And he goes, Brad, my, my nephew. Uh, he's 24 years old and he just quit his job. I said, okay, what, what happened? He goes, well, he got, he, he landed the dream job. He's making $90,000 a year. He just got his bachelor's degree in a year or two. He could be making $120,000 with commission. Plus he would get this great retirement plan, blah, 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 blah. And I said, and what happened? He quit, right? He goes, yeah. And I go, why did he quit? He said, he didn't like how his boss treated him. <laughs> Do you hear that? Yeah. He did not like how his boss treated him. Now, any of you who are listening, especially if you're a boomer, and I am a boomer as well, uh, we have hundreds of stories of bosses treating us like, you know, dirt. And I even had a boss hit me once, and I couldn't do anything about it because, you know, I was clearly in the wrong. Uh, <laughs> but but we, we all have stories where our bosses were mean and it was part of the hazing process we were supposed to go through this rite of passage in order to become uh, a boss ourselves well this generation they don't tolerate that because they see that as dysfunctional remember they were raised in households with uh you know child-centric parenting and therapy and all this they know how to negotiate and they know psychologically when something doesn't feel right they don't tolerate it. They get up and leave. And uh, case in point, there was this uh, company, uh, a large Fortune 500 chemical company, pharmaceutical company that shall remain nameless. They hired 100 millennials to have an internship for 90 days. And uh, whoever got through that process, they were going to hire them full time. And they put on their best foot forward. They were like, oh, isn't it great to work here and blah, blah, blah. And everybody had a great time. Well, 30 days later, all the millennials, all of them, got up and left. And they didn't tell anybody. They just sent a single email to the CEO basically saying, you people are evil. Wow. And Amazing. that's what millennials will do, my friends. They, yes. we, as, as boomers, we may not even know that some of the things that we're still doing and still tolerating, and pardon me for saying this on a, on a radio show, is BS. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and, but we still went back to work. I mean, what did all of us do when we were disgruntled at work? We go, I hate this place. I'm going to get my resume together. Oh, you know, it isn't so bad. Five years later, something else happens. We go, you know, I'm going to leave this place. And then we go, well, we have a mortgage and we have a couple of kids and we don't leave. We will stay in place. Millennials won't do that. They will not tolerate that kind of dysfunctional behavior in the workplace. Mm -hmm. They will get up and they will leave. But if you can trigger within them that that amazing uh, heart-based leadership, that opening up and kicking butt, and that doesn't mean you're a uh, you know a doormat and you go oh let's let's all hug you know uh, there are. <laughs> 
there are milestones to reach. And if somebody doesn't hit their milestones, they get fired, you know. But what really happens is if it becomes more of uh, a team, a commando team working in the field and everybody's expertise is needed, when you treat them like that, you will get 100% out of each and every one of them. So true. So true. So in just a moment, Brad, I want to dig into, we talked about some of the things not to do when managing millennials and the things they won't tolerate that won't bring out the best in them. And when we come back in just a moment, I want to talk about what people do need to do. Those, those core, maybe five key things that if you're managing millennials are going to help you uh, reveal their true unlimited potential and, and help them team up with you to soar. So Sure. We're going to take a break. We're going to listen to a quick commercial from our sponsor, and we'll be right back. The Unstoppable Entrepreneur is the world's number one business training, coaching, and mastermind program. It's my 12-month mastermind that is going to help you quickly double the income growth in your business. Hi, this is Shannon Townsend working with the Conklin Company through Kelly's coaching program, The Unstoppable Entrepreneur. I was able to break six figures for the first time in my business after stalling for four years trying to do it by myself. Hi, I'm Dr. Angela Tran, owner of MedFit Medical Weight Loss in Denver, Colorado. In just a few months of being in the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Program, I doubled my sales and I'm on track to double again by the end of the year. Thanks to Kelly Roach and her team, I am finally running a business and it does not run me. So if you want to learn more about working with me privately or joining the Unstoppable Entrepreneur Program, you can visit kellyroachcoaching.com forward slash yes. And if you have any questions about how you can work with me, you can email me directly at coaching at kellyroachcoaching.com. Okay, welcome back. Brad, break it down for us. Give us the top five things that our listeners need to do if they want to learn how to manage millennials to get the absolute best out of them in building their business. Absolutely. Uh, number one, stop hiring the, the, the ninnies, okay? <laughs> we have to hire better. Uh, we're still looking through the GAF Viewmaster of expectation at millennials using the same old structures of a hierarchy and things like this. You have to start hiring A players. And A players means somebody who has the personality that you can work with, somebody who's incredibly dynamic. Don't just look at the resume and go, well, it looks like you went to the best college. You want somebody that's going to fit into your culture. You want to pay them a little bit more because you're only going to hire one, okay? You're not going to hire two mediocre people. You're going to hire one. Uh, and by the way, th this is what Netflix does. Uh, uh, Harvard Business Review did a, a, a cover story about Netflix crushing it. Uh, and th it just works. Hire A players. And that's uh, part of the second part of this is you treat them like adults by giving them constructive criticism that, that is uh, direct and to the point. You don't have to always have an evaluation every single week and every single month. Oh, you're doing good there, buddy. They kind of know that the trophies for showing up were a bunch of nonsense. And they actually resent it at this point. They want to be treated like an equal within uh, the work that they're doing and the workforce culture that they're, they're giving themselves to. So treat them 
like adults. They really do want to be treated like adults. The third thing is you've got to create a dynamic corporate culture. Now, how do you do that? Well, uh, sometimes, uh, and, and I did this at MasterCard. I went up there to give a speech, and I noticed the boomers love the offices, and the millennials love the hallways when they work. So it works, and they have a foosball table, and they have ping pong tables, and they have this big open cafeteria. Well, believe it or not, it's just like the junior high dance. People don't know how to play in this new environment. Millennials jump into it. It's the older generations, maybe Gen X and, and boomers, who have trouble feeling comfortable in those kind of environments. And by the way, those environments are not going to work for everybody. You know, lawyers uh, and, and accountants may not be able to have these kind of structures. But if you're one of those leaders who likes to sit in your office with an open door and go, I have an open door policy, chances are you don't have an open door policy. You have you in an office with an open door. You have to get out there and mentor and be this kind of person that really is uh, inviting excitement to be working alongside of you. And that leads me to the fourth part of this, and that is you have to do some role model mentoring. Uh, Blessing White did a multi-year uh, study on uh, employment, uh, you know, workforce engagement, things like this. And what they discovered was this. 91% of engaged employees said and cited that it was their relationship with their supervisor that was what made them uh, productive and stayed at the company. 91%. So that means you as a leader have to show them the way. Our military does this. They had the commanding officer go through the boot camp alongside the new uh, enrollees, and when they were deployed to Afghanistan and Iraq, they went with them. And many a U.S. soldier cites that their commanding officer was what helped them get through the war. And so it's very, very important that you, the older, wiser person, even if you're Gen X, you need to get in there and help these young people because because of the way they were raised, Kelly, mm -hmm. they do have some things missing from their structure of what business acumen should be. Right. So the, we hear stories of showing up for interviews in flip-flops and shorts, trying to show how cool they are. Now, you probably don't want to hire that person, but the reality is, is why would somebody show up that way? It's because so many things have been removed from their curriculum on what is expected of them. Right. Right. Yes. No, that all makes sense. And this is part of uh, five, maybe six, but uh, your managers and your HR people have to team up together to create that corporate culture. You have to think in terms of business. Uh, how am I getting the most out of people? How am I going to work with this team? So what happens is if you hire certain people and you formed a good, solid team, you may not want to break that up. But the team members themselves may actually want to work in another team because they see A players and B players or the A team and the B team and everybody's doing great work. And some people want to move from one team to the other. You just have to let them be able to manage themselves. Um, and uh, people can look this up. I love this one. Uh, Kelly, you can look this one up, too. You're going to love this. Valve Software. Go look up their uh, employee handbook. Uh, and, I, and I'm paraphrasing, but it says, uh, 
an adventure in showing people what to do when they don't know what to do or when somebody's not managing them, basically. So the training manual, what it really tells you is uh, how people can train themselves to manage themselves. Gotcha. And, yep. and that's what you really want to do. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you want to create more leaders, not more followers, because, you know, you can you can create all of these obedient employees or contractors or team members that do everything that you tell them to do. But then they can't think for themselves. And what does that mean? It means you have to spend the rest of your life looking over their shoulder because they're an obedient doer instead of a thoughtful leader of themselves. So I love what you're saying here, Brad. And again, for all of our listeners, I want to bring this back again. You know, these millennials. These these millennials are gold in building your business and creating the results that you want for your team and your business and your life. And you have to be willing to grow and evolve if you want to be able to tap into the the unbelievable potential that Brad's talking about here today. Right. Well, I like what Michael Gerber says in the E-Myth Revisited. Uh, You have to work on your business, not in your business. So what people really need to do, and I've been an entrepreneur for over 35 years now. I didn't want to say that out loud. but uh, (laughs) There's a little hesitancy there. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't want to say it. Uh, But uh, basically, um, if you are really good at graphic design or writing proposals or whatever, that's probably the thing you should stop doing and hire somebody to do. Uh, So you can now focus on selling your business, getting more accounts, really crushing it, coming up with vision, things like that. Uh, You'd be shocked if you take each task that you need to delegate and just get it out there and, and get it off your plate. You'll move faster. Absolutely. Couldn't be more true. Couldn't be more true. So this has definitely been gold today, Brad. Thank you so much for everything that you shared. Um, Tell me a little bit about what you're most excited about that you're working on in your business right now. And of course, I want to know where people can find you, how they can get in touch and any resources that you want to share. Well, Kelly, I've been uh, working on training and preparing millennials for the C-level leadership that uh, a lot of them can do. Uh, But I work uh, a lot of times in the small and mid-sized businesses, helping them create that corporate culture uh, by just getting them to manage people differently. And that's been a lot of fun. I mean, I've had I've gotten phone calls from Dell and MasterCard for this stuff. I'm just I'm blown away that that happens. Trust me, I'm I'm like I'm a small town kid from the middle of nowhere. And so to be able to do this kind of work every day just excites me, excites me. The, the other thing that I have been blown away by is I assembled 21 millennials to tell their story in a book called Journeys to Success, the millennial edition, and it's outsold all the other uh, copies of this book. There's uh, several in the series, but this millennial edition has been uh, blowing up because the stories are so powerful, and the millennials themselves, they wrote the book, the stories or the chapters in their own vernacular and it's raw and it's in your face and it destroys the stereotypes that the media is perpetrating out there. And guess what? We're doing an audio version of that book coming up in 2017. So that's the big project I'm working on right now. Very cool. Very cool. So I'm sure there's some people listening, Brad, that want to get in touch with you. What's the best way to do that? Send me an email at brad at liquidleadership.com or you can go to my website, liquidleadership.com. Excellent. All right. This was very powerful today, Brad. Thanks for uh, taking the time to be on the show and for everything that you shared today. Great. Thank you, Kelly.
You got it. All right, for all of our listeners, that's a wrap. It's time to think about how you're evolving as a leader and what you're doing to tap into the millennials and how they can help you to go further, faster, and accomplishing your goals. Hopefully today's show laid out a lot of great tips and strategies for you to get started doing just that. If you haven't already, make sure you text in the word IGNITE to 44222. That's IGNITE to 44222 to make sure that you jump into the email community where we send out our two-minute tips that will transform your life on every Friday. Thank you all for being with us. And until next time, I want to remind you to dream big, take action, and don't stop until you make it happen. Thanks for listening to Unstoppable Success Radio. And if you're not already a member of my private email community, I want you to text the word IGNITE to 44222. Text the word IGNITE to 44222 to get all the resources, trainings, swipe files, and tips I only share there. If you're not already a member, all you have to do is text IGNITE to 44222 to get in on all the action. Thanks so much.